Hello all my nieces and nephews, and welcome to Auntie JoJo's Library. My library is open to all listeners, but it was created for my seven wonderful nieces and nephews. The library received a facelift. We've got a new logo that features yours truly, Auntie JoJo. We're also going to be working on consistency, which means Auntie JoJo's Library will release regular episodes every Tuesday of the month, and Firefly will release his history sodes the first Thursday of every month. The story I'm going to be reading to you today is called The Scarecrow and the Tin Wooden Man. The story is written by Frank Baum. Let's get started. There lived in the land of Oz two happily made men who were the best of friends. They were so much happier when together that they were seldom apart, yet they liked to be separate once in a while, that they might enjoy the pleasure of meeting again. One was a scarecrow. That means he was a suit of blue munchkin clothes stuffed with straw, on top of which was fastened a round cloth head filled with bran to hold its shape. On the head, there were painted two eyes, two ears, a nose, and a mouth. The scarecrow had never been much of a success in scaring crows, but he prided himself on being a superior man because he could feel no pain was never tired, and did not have to eat or drink. His brains were sharp, for the Wizard of Oz had put pins and needles in the Scarecrow's brains. The other man was made all of tin, his arms and legs and head being cleverly jointed so that he could move them freely. He was known as the Tin Wood Man, having at one time been a woodchopper, and everyone loved him because the Wizard of Oz had given him an excellent heart of red plush. The Tin Man lived in a magnificent tin castle built on his country estate in the Winky Land, not far from the Emerald City of Oz. It has pretty tin furniture and was surrounded by lovely gardens in which were many tin trees and beds of tin flowers. The palace of the Scarecrow was not far distant, on the bank of the river, and this place was in the shape of an immense ear of corn. One morning, the Tin Man, the Tin Woodman, went to visit his friend at the Scarecrow, and as they had nothing better to do, they decided to take a boat ride on the river. So they got into the Scarecrow's boat, which was formed from a big corn cob, hollowed out and pointed at both ends, and decorated around the edges with brilliant jewels. The sail was a purple silk and glittered its shine so bright in the sun. There was a good breeze that day, so the boat glided swiftly over the water. By and by came to a smaller river that floated from out a deep forest, and the tin man proposed they sail up the stream as it had, as it would be cool and shady beneath the trees of the forest. So the scarecrow, who was steering, turned the boat upstream, and the friends continued talking together of old times and the wonderful adventures they had had while they were traveling with Dorothy, the little Kansas girl. They became so much interested in this talk that they forgot to notice that the boat was now sailing through the forest, or that the stream was growing more narrow and crooked. 
Suddenly, the scarecrow glanced up and saw a big rock just ahead of them. Look out, he cried, but the warning came too late. The tin man sprang to his feet just as the boat bumped into the rock, and the jar made him lose his balance. He toppled and fell overboard, and and being made of tin, he sank to the bottom of the water in an instant and lay there at full length, face up. Immediately, the scarecrow threw out the anchor so as to hold the boat in place, and then he leaned over the side and through the clear water looked at his friend sorrowfully. "'Dear me!' he exclaimed. "'What a misfortune!' "'It is indeed,' replied the tin woodman, speaking in muffled tones because so much water had covered him. "'I cannot drown, of course, but I must lie here until we find a way to get me out.' Meantime, the water is soaking into all my joints, and I shall be badly rusted, but for rescued. That was my impression of the tin man with water in his mouth, almost drowning. Wasn't very good, but at least I tried. Very true, agreed the scarecrow, but be patient, my friend, and I'll dive down and get you. My straw will not rust, and it is easily replaced if damaged, so I'm not afraid of water. The scarecrow now took off his hat and made a dive from the boat into the water. He was so light in weight that he barely dented the surface of the stream. But he also could not reach the tin woodman with his outstretched straw arms, so he floated to the boat and climbed in it, saying the while, Do not despair, my friend. We have an extra anchor on board, and I will tie it around my waist to make me sink and dive again. Don't do that, cried the tin man. That will anchor you also to the bottom where I am, and we'll both be helpless. True enough, sighed the scarecrow, wiping his wet face with his handkerchief. And then he gave a cry of astonishment, for he found he had wiped off one painted eye and now had only one eye to see with. How dreadful, said the poor scarecrow. That eye must have been painted in watercolor instead of oil. I must be grateful not to wipe off the other eye, for then I could not see to help you at all. A shriek of elfish laughter greeted this speech, and looking up, the scarecrow found the trees. Sorry about that. It appears that not all phones were silenced while in the library, which is our number one library rule. So, excuse me, we'll get back to the story. A shriek of elfish laughter greeted this speech, and looking up, there it goes again, looking up, the scarecrow found the trees full of black crows, who seemed much amused by the straw man's one eye. He knew the crows well. However, they had usually been friendly to him because he had never deceived them into thinking he was a meat man, the sort of man they really feared. Don't laugh he said. You may lose an eye yourself someday. We couldn't look as funny as you if we did, replied one old crow, the king of them. But what has gone wrong with you? The tin woodman, my dear friend, and a companion has fallen overboard and is now at the bottom of the river, said the scarecrow. I'm trying to get him out again, but I fear I shall not succeed. Why, it's easy enough, declared the old scarecrow. Tie a string to him and will, and all of us crows will fly down. Take hold of the string and pull him out of the water. There are hundreds of us here. 
But I can't tie a string to him, replied the scarecrow. My straw is so light that I am unable to dive through the water. I've tried and knocked one eye out. Can't you fish for him? Ah, that's a good idea, said the scarecrow. I'll make the attempt. He found a fishing line in the boat with a stout hook at the end. No bait was needed, so the scarecrow dropped the hook into the water till it touched the woodman. Hook it in a joint, advised the crow, who was now perched upon a branch that stuck, out far, that stuck far out and bent down onto the water. The scarecrow tried to do this, but having only one eye, he could not see the joint very clearly. Hurry up, please, begged the tin man, tin woodman. You have no idea how damp it is down here. Can't you help? asked the crow. How? inquired the tin man. Catch the line and hook it around your neck. The tin woodman made the attempt and after several trials wound sorry, after several trials wound the line around his neck and hooked it securely. Good, cried the king crow, a mischievous old fellow. Now then we'll all grab the line and pull you out. At once the air was filled with black crows, each of whom seized the cord with the with beak with their beaks. So, whew, the scarecrows watched them with much interest and forgot that he had tied the other end of the line around his waist so he would not lose it while fishing for his friend. Altogether for good cause, shrieked the king crow, and with a great flapping of his wings, the birds rose to the air. The scarecrow clapped his stuffed hands in glee as he saw his fin friend drawn from the water into the air but the next moment the straw man himself was in the air his stuffed leg kicking wildly for the crows had flown straight up through the trees one on one end of the line dangled the tin woodman hung by his neck and on the other dangled the scarecrow hung by the waist and clinging fast to the spare anchor of the boat which he had seized hoping to save himself hi there be careful shouted the scare scarecrow to the crows don't take us so high land us on the river bank but the crows were bent on mischief they thought it was a good joke to bother the two now they had held them captive here's where the crows scare the scarecrow said the naughty king crow and at his comment the birds flew over the forest to where all the tall dead trees stood higher than all the other trees and at the very top there were two dead limbs the crows dropped the center line then letting go of their hold they simply flew away chattering with laughter and left the two friends suspended high in the air one on each side of the tree now the tin woodman was much heavier than the scarecrow but the reason they balanced so nicely was because the straw man still clung fast to the iron anchor for goodness sakes don't drop that anchor said the tin man anxiously why not inquired the scarecrow if you do i'd tumble to the ground where my tin would be badly dented by the fall also you would shoot in the air in a line somewhere along the treetops then said the scarecrow i shall hold fast to the anchor for a time they both dangled in silence the breeze swaying them gently to and fro finally the tin man said here 
is an emergency, friend, where only brains can help us. We must think of a way to escape. I'll do the thinking, replied the scarecrow. My brains are the sharpest. He thought so long that the tin man grew tired and tired to, and tried to change positions, but found his joints had already rusted so badly that he could not move them, and his oil can was back in the boat. Do you suppose your brains are rusted, Scarecrow? He asked in a weak voice, for his jaws were scarcely, scarce to move. No, indeed. Ah, here's an idea at last. And with this, the Scarecrow clapped his hands to his head, forgetting the anchor which tumbled to the ground. The result was astonishing, for just as the Tin Man had said, the light Scarecrow flew through the air, sailed over the tops of the trees, and landed in a bramble bush, while the Tin Man fell plump to the ground, landing on a bed of dry leaves. He was not dented at all. The tin man's joints were so rusted, however, that he was unable to move, while the thorns held the scarecrow a fast prisoner. While they were in this sad plight, the sound of hoofs was heard, and along the forest path rode the little wizard of Oz, seated on a wooden sawhorse. He smiled when he saw the one-eyed head of the scarecrow sticking out of the bramble bush, and he helped the poor straw man out of his prison. Thank you, dear wizard, said the grateful scarecrow. Now we must get the oil and rescue the tin man. Together, they ran to the river bank, but the boat was floating in midstream, and the wizard was not sure that his magic could draw the boat back. However, the wizard found some magic, and he was able to get the oil can to the scarecrow. Back they flew to the tin man, and while the scarecrow carefully oiled each joint, the little wizard moved the joints gently back and forth until he was able to work them freely. After an hour of this labor, the tin man was again on his feet, and although still a little stiff, he managed to walk to the boat. The wizard and the sawhorse also aboard the corncob craft, and together they returned to the scarecrow's palace. But the tin woodman was very careful not to stand up in the boat again. Thank you so much for joining me in my library for the reading of this story. As a reminder, Stories will be released every Tuesday, and History Sodes by Firefly will be released the first Thursday of every month. If you have story suggestions, you can email them to me at auntiejojoslibrary at gmail.com. As always, I'm looking forward to sharing more stories with you.